1: today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: There are three appointed places where we can meet with the Lord. Number one, we meet the Lord in His Word. Number two, we meet the Lord in prayer. And number three, we meet the Lord in the assembly of believers in the church. The Word of Prayer and the assembly of believers. Those are the places the Lord Jesus Christ has appointed for us to meet with Him.
1: How are you meeting with God? Do you know how to talk to Him? What do you ask Him? These are all questions that every believer has struggled with in their walk. It's hard to talk to someone that isn't physically next to you, but the Bible says that we have direct access to God. You can have a conversation with Him even if he isn't sitting across the table from you. In today's message, Pastor Dan is going to talk about three ways that you can meet with God through the Bible, through prayer, and through the church. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 28 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Matthew chapter 28. We are going to finish the gospel of Matthew today. I know. Beginning in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the Gospel of Matthew. Lord, we've enjoyed studying your life and ministry in the Gospel of Matthew over the last year or so. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher today with this final section. We pray and ask, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word today. I pray and ask, Lord, that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we come to some of the final instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples before his ascension back to heaven. And this passage is is commonly known as the Great Commission. The Great Commission. After his resurrection from the dead, Jesus remained on the earth for 40 days before his ascension to heaven. The Gospels record 13 appearances of Jesus after his resurrection. We saw last week in our study that he appeared to some women the morning of the resurrection the other gospel accounts tell us that later in that day, that same day, he appeared to Peter and then the two men on the road to Emmaus and Luke 24. He appeared to all of the disciples minus Thomas, the night of the resurrection. Thomas wasn't there. And then a week later, the Sunday after the resurrection, he appeared to all the disciples, including Thomas. Thomas was there the next time. In 1 Corinthians 15, we're told that Jesus appeared to more than 500 eyewitnesses at one time. And that's just some of the appearances of Jesus that are recorded in the Gospels. Of course, there's several other appearances recorded. And the initial appearances of Jesus after the resurrection occurred in Jerusalem, where he was crucified, buried, and raised again. This appearance in our passage today occurs in the Galilee. At some point during the 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus met with his disciples in Galilee. You may remember the story of Peter on the shore of the Sea of Galilee when Jesus restored him back to ministry saying, Peter, do you love me? Well, then feed my sheep. And so Jesus initially appears Resurrected in Jerusalem, and then in the Galilee, and then actually back in Jerusalem, and Jesus will ascend to heaven from the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. Now, verse 16 says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain, note that, the mountain, not a mountain, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Uh, So after the resurrection, the, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to meet with Jesus there. Remember, there are only 11 disciples at this point because Judas hung himself after he betrayed Jesus. And so they go to Galilee. Now, turn back in your Bible to chapter 26 verse 31. And this is at the last supper that Jesus shared with his disciples the night of his arrest before going to Gethsemane, where he's arrested. Matthew chapter 26, verse 31. Jesus said to the disciples, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And so Jesus told his disciples, after his resurrection, he would meet with them in Galilee. Now look over in chapter 28, verse 7. This is the morning of the resurrection when Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, came to the tomb. And remember, we we just talked about this. The angel was there sitting upon the stone. The tomb had been opened. Jesus is resurrected. And in verse 7, the angel says to the women... Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And so there the angel informs them to go to Galilee. Look down in verse 10. As the women are returning to the disciples to tell them the good news of the resurrection, Jesus appears to them. And in verse 10, Jesus said to them, "Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me." And so now, in our passage today, the eleven disciples they go to Galilee. They're in the Galilee, and they go to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Now, it doesn't tell us which mountain this was, but Jesus had appointed a specific mountain. For the disciples to meet with him after the resurrection. Maybe it was a mountain that they often resorted to there in the Galilee. It was a mountain that was familiar to them. And so the disciples know where they're supposed to meet with Jesus after the resurrection. At this appointed place. And so the disciples go to the mountain Jesus had appointed for them to meet with him. Now... Again, it doesn't tell us which mountain it is. I personally believe, personal opinion, that it's a, it was a place called Mount Arbel there on the Galilee. Because most of the mountains around the Galilee are more just hills. And there's really one prominent mountain on the Galilee there. And it's Mount Arbel. But again, I'm just speculating. The text doesn't tell us the specific location. So if you get to heaven, you find out it was not Mount Arbel. Don't say, but Dan said, I'm just giving you my best guess. And so the 11 disciples, they show up at this mountain, wherever it was, to meet the Lord at the appointed place. And it's there. Please note this. It's there that Jesus met with his disciples at the appointed place. Now. There are three appointed places where we can meet with the Lord. Number one, we meet the Lord in his word. Number two, we meet the Lord in prayer. And number three, we meet the Lord in the assembly of believers in the church. The word, prayer, and the assembly of believers. Those are the places the Lord Jesus Christ has appointed for us to meet with him. In his word, as you read your Bible, Jesus comes in the volume of the book to you. He he speaks to you from his word. You can meet with him in the word of God. In prayer, in communion with the Lord, we meet with him in prayer, in the assembly of the believers, when we gather together with other believers, Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. I show up. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. And so the the Lord has Appointed places for us to meet with him in the word, in prayer, in the assembly with other believers. Those are the places where we can meet with the Lord. And just like the disciples here in our passage, the disciples chose to show up at the appointed place to meet with Jesus Christ. And we choose to show up. To meet with him. We choose to be in the word each day. We choose to pray. We we choose to gather with with other believers in the assembly. Look at verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. When they saw him, they worshipped him. They worshipped him. When we see Jesus Christ, we'll worship him. Right. One day we'll go to be with the Lord and we'll be in his presence. And when we're in his presence, we'll worship him. And the word worshipped here, it, it means to bow down before or to prostrate yourself. And and you would do that to bow before someone or to, you know, to bow down to the ground before someone was a way of expressing honor and reverence for that person. And it was a way of of acknowledging that that person is superior to. To you, and we will worship Jesus Christ in heaven. We'll bow before him. Philippians chapter 2 says, Every knee will bow before Jesus Christ, and every tongue will confess him as Lord. We will fall down at his feet and worship him for who he is and for what he has done for us, providing us with forgiveness of our sins and salvation through his death on the cross and through his resurrection.
1: We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app.
2: We recently launched an app for our church, and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So, download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel Ellicott City in your App Store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com.
1: What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth
2: Jesus is worthy of all our honor, all glory, all praise. And one day in heaven, we will be with the other believers out of every tribe and tongue and nation and people around his throne, worshiping the Lamb of God who was slain for us, bowing before him. You know, it's interesting as we come to the end of the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew began back in Matthew chapter 2 with the wise men from the east coming and worshiping Jesus. We have come to worship the one born the king of the Jews, and here the gospel of Matthew ends with Jesus being worshipped. And and note with me that Jesus received their worship. He received their worship. When the disciples fell at his feet, Jesus didn't say, get up, Don't, don't, don't do that, don't worship me. He received their worship. Now, why does that matter? Back in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus said, you shall worship God only. Jesus said that, quoting from the Old Testament. But those are the words of Jesus. You shall worship God only. And here, Jesus receives their worship. Now, why does he receive their worship? Because he's God. He's God in, in the flesh. Look at verse 17 again. All the disciples fell at his feet and worshiped when they saw him, but... Some doubt it as they worshipped. So they're, they're all face down before him. But some of those disciples, some of the eleven, they doubt it as they worship. And, and some people, when they read that, they have a hard time with this, that some of the disciples doubted. And some will read that. Oh, they doubted. Why did they doubt? Why would the disciples doubt? Why would Matthew record that? Why would he tell us that some of the disciples doubted? they have never seen a resurrected person before. Cut him a break. He was dead for three days and now he's alive. I'd imagine that would be hard to wrap your mind around. That he's really alive, that he's really resurrected. And there he is. When my wife and I uh, were dating, at at one point in our dating relationship, we had a long-distance relationship. She was working in Washington, D.C., on Capitol Hill. I was in Florida, working on my tan. Not really. (laughs) I was finishing college. And one time, while she was in D.C., I was in Florida, she surprised me. Without me knowing, she she drove down to Florida, and she just showed up at my house. The doorbell rang. rang. Opened the door and there she was standing on my front porch. And it took me a few minutes to believe it was really her standing there. I just talked to her the night before on the phone. And now here she is on my front porch. I was a little stunned, a little confused. You could say, I doubt it. It was really her. And she just came from D.C. She didn't come back from the dead. Although I guess it depends on what your opinion of DC is. <laughs> I, I you know, I appreciate that Matthew tells us that some of the disciples they doubt it. Because that shows us Matthew's just telling us the facts here. The fact is, some some doubt it. The fact is some of them had a hard time believing Jesus was really there standing in front of them. Matthew is not editing the story to make it sound better. Or more believable. He's just reporting the facts to us. Now look at verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying. Look what he says now. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority has been given to Jesus. All authority has been given to Jesus. All authority in heaven And on earth. Now, Jesus seems to be referring to a passage back in Daniel chapter 7. You don't have to turn there necessarily, but in Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, if you're taking notes, here in Daniel chapter 7, Daniel has a vision of four beasts, and the four beasts represent uh, kingdoms that will rule over the whole world. And the fourth kingdom, now he sees, the fourth beast is the Antichrist, who is to come, who will be the final human ruler over all the world. And then that fourth beast then is conquered by Jesus Christ. And it says in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13, I'll read it to you. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, that's a messianic title, it's speaking of Jesus, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not pass away. Be destroyed. So there in Daniel, he has this vision of all the kingdoms of the earth being given to the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, and all the peoples, nations, languages serve him. His is an everlasting kingdom. And that seems to be what Jesus is referring to. All authority has been given to me and heaven and on the earth. In John's gospel, John chapter 3, verse 35, there Jesus said, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. So everything has been given into the hands of the Son, Jesus Christ. He has all authority over everything in heaven, on the earth, including us including you and your life and me and my life. When Jesus died on the cross, he purchased us with his own shed blood. So now you, if you're a Christian here today, we as Christians, we belong to him. He purchased us, he bought us and we belong to him. Our life belongs to him. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. We belong to Jesus Christ. He has all authority over us. And please note, Jesus said, all authority belongs to him. All authority. Without exception, he is sovereign over all. All authority has been given to him. Not 90%, not 98%. It's 100% of the authority belongs to him. And he makes this statement here, and please note this, he makes this statement to establish he's in charge. He's in charge over us. He's Lord. He's King. He's Master. He's Sovereign. And he has all the authority over us and our life. And he is not sharing his authority with us. He's not splitting his authority over us. We are not in a partnership with Jesus Christ. We don't have joint custody with Jesus Christ over our lives. Where, you know, he, he gets custody on Sunday mornings unless it's March Madness and then, you know, whatever. No, no he's not splitting us. Between us and him. If that makes sense. He has all authority over us. Because he died for us. And he redeemed us from sin and from death. If he didn't do that. We'd still be dead in our trespasses and sins. He purchased us. And so he has the authority. Listen. He has the authority to tell us what to do. He has the authority to tell us. How we should live. Because he purchased us. Now. This reminds me of our Exodus study. If you remember in our Exodus study, God brought the children of Israel to Mount Sinai, and there at Mount Sinai, God gave them his commandments. If you remember also from our Exodus study, back in Exodus chapter 3, God told Moses, I will bring you back to this mountain, and you will worship me here. So God told Moses in advance what mountain they would meet at, Just as he does here with the disciples, he told them in advance what mountain they would meet at. And before God gave the children of Israel his commandments, God said to them in Exodus chapter 20, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And God made that that statement to establish his authority over them to command them. He is the one who redeemed them out of the house of bondage. And here, Jesus does a similar thing. He brings his disciples to the mountain after redeeming them, and he states to them that he has all authority over them because he has redeemed them from sin and death, and then he commands them. Then he gives his commandments to his disciples.
3: He asked me how I know, and I say, bring true.
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I
3: recognize the hands that crack.